0: Welcome to Her Money's Worth, a community and podcast focused on helping you to sort out your money, navigate the world of investing, and build long-term wealth. You're joined by your host, Olivia, and each week we deepen our knowledge about all things finance and ensure we're getting our money's worth from every hard-earned dollar. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Her Money's Worth. It is already the middle of February and we all know that you literally blink and February is over. So don't get too attached to what you're doing and what you're going to achieve this month because we all know that there's no way we're probably doing anything. I cannot believe I'm already planning episodes for the podcast for March. I don't know where this year has gone. It is absolutely crazy. But I do hope whatever you're doing in February, if you're back to work, you're back in the swing of things, you're having a good month and you're enjoying yourself. Just a little bit of an update on what I'm doing at the moment. So I've only just gone back to doing some casual teaching this week. So it kind of feels like summer. Well, if you're in Australia anyway, if you're somewhere else, it might not be summer, but it just kind of feels like summer is fully over. We're back to real life. Like, I don't know where you are, but in Melbourne, you know, we're we're already getting some coldish days. Like there's a few warm ones, but yeah, we're sort of really on that wind down from summer. But it was so nice for me to have like an extended break. I had almost seven weeks off, which was amazing um, because you can't teach during the summer holidays, but you know, I was doing my own thing. I was doing the podcast. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And, but now I'm getting to the point where I need a little bit more money coming in and the money that I was getting in and sort of living off here and there, it's sort of coming to an end. So I do, I do really want to go back and get some more income and yeah, it feels nice to actually be back in a workplace with people around me too. So I'm getting a great balance at the moment. But basically, just to also give you a little bit of insight into what my plan is with work this year, um, I do want to do maybe like three days a week of casual teaching, which will be my main income, and then I'd like to spend the other one or two days, maybe I'll work four days, depending on what's going on in my life, doing this podcast and my socials and also building up a bit of a product that I'm working on for you, which is going to be coming out in the next couple of months. So A lot of exciting things coming up for both myself and her money's worth. And yeah, I'm just super excited. Like I really like going and doing my teaching days and that's great, but I love the fact that it's giving me the freedom and the mental freedom to think about this, which I'm really passionate about and also work on more things for you this year. The reason that I'm telling you this as well, because I just think people like to know what everyone's doing. And I just wanna be super transparent about my journey this year how I'm working, how I'm earning money, and then how I'm managing it. Because honestly, I feel like if I'm talking to you about how we can all manage our money well together, then you need to know exactly what I'm doing and how I'm getting my income. And I feel like I've been really transparent with that over my journey over the last year, if you've been following me, but that's what I hope this year looks like for me. I hope it looks like a bit of balance, income from multiple streams, and just really trying to live my best life, Um, yeah. So I really hope you're enjoying this content. I'm hoping to make much more of it, produce much more for you, and I'm looking forward to everything that's coming. But now I've given you a little bit of an update on me. Let's have a chat about the topic of today's episode. So it was kind of also the focus of last week's episode as well. So if you've listened to that, you'll know. But in last week's episode, we had a bit of a candid chat about my property buying journey and some tips. So I did five tips for your actual search. So if you're interested in buying property and you haven't listened to that, head back. You might like it, it might give you some helpful gems to help you on your own search. But this episode is going to give you a bit of an overview of what I actually did to save that deposit and details about the nitty gritty tips and things you can do to fast track it, if that's your goal. I know not everyone wants to save fast or some people are like, yeah, I've got years to save, like that's all good, I'm doing other things at the same time. But if you're thinking, yep, you wanna be saving within like 12 months, two years, I'm gonna talk through what I did to save really fast and hopefully it'll help you. Let's get into the five tips. So if your goal is to save a house deposit and you wanna save it fast, My first recommendation is you need to make this goal your main and only goal. And that might seem really simple because it's just maths, right? Save money towards only one goal and you'll achieve it faster, obviously. But I think it's just well worth saying because often we feel like we have competing goals in our life, especially in our 20s and 30s. We're trying to do everything. We're trying to travel. We're trying to live our best life. We're trying to save for that next item we want. We're trying to get a house deposit people are telling us to invest there's just so much going on with our money and this is often a time as well when we're just starting out in our jobs or careers just starting to learn money management just starting to save and earn income and yeah it's a difficult time there's nothing wrong with having multiple goals at once so if you're thinking well i don't really want to do that because i've got a few things that is fine um and you can save different amounts towards each But if you wanna achieve this goal fast, I would suggest allocating as much money as possible towards this deposit. It might mean putting other goals on the back burner for a small amount of time. For example, if like I said before, if you wanted to invest alternatively in the stock market, or you wanted to contribute more to your superannuation, it may be worth putting that on the back burner for a year or a year and a half to really put as much as you can into your deposit bank account. This is all personal preference, like I just said, but it's key. Okay, and I would definitely say this is what I did anyway, and I think this is what you need to do, but please don't get offended. Um, If you're saving for things like a European holiday or an air app or heaps of designer clothes, like that is really going to get in the way of you saving a lot of money for this big deposit. So if you can just put that sort of stuff on the back burner, even if it's just for a year to get ahead that is going to skyrocket your ability to save. So if you're not saving 10 grand for a European holiday this year, that's 10 grand you've got to deposit. For a lot of people, that could be a quarter or a fifth of their deposit. So think about those things, think about what's coming up in the time you wanna save and see how much you've got to allocate to it. During my time of saving for a property and the deposit, wasn't doing any other investing like i just spoke about so i was just letting my employer contribute to my super as per normal i wasn't investing in the stock market i had a little bit in there because i'd sort of started learning but it wasn't like every fortnight like i do now i contribute i put all those other goals on the back burner and that's how i was able to save it in a year and a half um i didn't have any big overseas travel i was like this is my goal and this is what i'm going to focus on so if you want it quick too That is the reality of what you actually need to do, unless you earn like a super good income. Like I was probably earning 80-ish K, that's what I needed to do. I wouldn't have gotten to where I got to in a year and a half if I didn't put those things on the back burner. Let's move into tip two. If you wanna save for a house deposit fast, the second thing you need to make sure that you don't have is any airy-fairiness around your goal. And what I mean by this is you need to know exactly what you need to save and you need to automate that. Now, if you've listened to last week's episode, you will know that I did not exactly know what I needed. There was still a little bit of a range, but my range was like 38,000 to 48, 45,000 apologies. Cause I knew that I was going to be buying a property that was like high threes, early fours. Okay. That was my range. You, and I knew that I was aiming for a 10% deposit, you need to do the same thing. You need to work out what you are aiming for, and then you need to automate it, which I'll talk about. This is basically the tip that is going to ensure you reach the goal without fail. Okay. This is going to give you a completely realistic timeline. This is going to give you an expectation of what you can actually achieve. If you don't do this step, It is too airy-fairy and it gives the opportunity to A, fail and to B, be really demotivated. I did talk a little bit in last week's episode about how you can actually work out what you need to save. So I did talk about going to see a broker. I did talk about work, you know, going and having a look at the market and seeing what you can actually afford for it. So I did really talk about that. And I also talked about working out, okay, what deposit are you going to save? Is it 10%? Is it a bit more? Is it 20%? LMI, all those sorts of things. So if you're interested in that, go back and listen to that episode as well in conjunction with this. But make sure you know what you need and automate it. Now, I'm not saying if you've already started saving that you've stuffed it up. No, just now go away and make sure you plan to have a chat with a broker to see how much you can borrow. Make sure you plan to have a start looking in your area at houses, which I talked about lots last week as well. Get onto realestate.com, et etc. et cetera. Start doing your research now. And what you then need to do once you know, well, the best way to actually think about what you need to save every time you get paid is to then work backwards, okay? So have a think about how much you need for the deposit, see what timeline you want it in. So for example, if you want 50 grand in two years, you know you're going to have to be saving 25 grand a year, okay, that's about $1,000 a fortnight, that's some quick math, it's not quite right, and just see, is that going to be possible for me? Okay, can I pull out that $1,000 a fortnight? That's about what I actually did. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But have a think, is that realistic? Do you know what other expenses you have? There's a lot to work out. And you can do this airy-fairy if you like, but doing that is not going to make it really clear what you have to be doing. In addition, this is just going to make you feel so much more confident about achieving your goals because if you know you're going to pull out $1,000 a fortnight from your income and you're going to put it into your house deposit, you know that's taken care of. You don't need to be like, oh, have I got the money? Have I got this? Uh, uh, you could, you just know that's gone. And you know, in two years, you're going to have your 50 grand. Not a problem, okay? If you don't do that and you set unrealistic goals, for example, like you say, okay, will I earn $2,500 a fortnight and I'm going to save $2,000 worth of that you're probably not. Unless you live at home, maybe. Okay, even then, it sounds like a push. You'd have to be eating rice and beans um, or and not doing anything with your friends. So don't do that, okay? Because it's again, it'll be demotivating. Please don't do that. Like I was saying before, when I was saving for a deposit, I knew I was aiming for around that bracket, maybe like 38000 to 45000 So I was putting away, like I gave the example before, about $1,000 every fortnight, which was realistic for me. I was living in a share house. I was doing all the stuff to save, and which I will talk about in our next tips. And I knew that it was going to take me two-ish years, under two-ish years to save. I ended up doing it in about a year and a half. Um... And I definitely saved more here and there towards the goal, but I knew the basic of what I need to do and I automated it. So let me talk about what automation looks like now. When I'm saying you need to automate your goal, all this means is when you get paid into the account you get paid into, so let's use the example of $2,500 a fortnight, if you're going to take $1,000 out of that, you need to make sure that when you get paid on Tuesday, Wednesday, there is a direct setup for your bank to pull $1,000 out of that bank account that you've gotten paid into, into another account that is labeled house deposit. And it sits in there. I don't care where those accounts are. It can be offset for your mortgage. It can be just a savings account. It can be like a high yield savings account for your, that's what I did actually when I was saving my deposit, I had my, all my savings in a high interest, um, savings account so you should definitely look to find one of them there's lots floating around with the four percent in front of them now it's well worth it so make sure you've got one of them and pop it in there if you it doesn't mean it needs to be locked away okay it doesn't mean that you need to have some um ability to not touch that but yeah it can just be like the account next to it okay because and also label it because then it reminds you like this is my house deposit this is something i'm saving towards it's so important to me it's maybe important to you and your partner if you're doing it together You won't touch it, it's in there. And once it starts growing and you start seeing that amount get to like tens of thousands, you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. And it just gives you more motivation. Whereas if you're just like, oh, it's just kind of in the account with my income and then I spend from it, uh," that does not help you see what you're trying to achieve. And I will never stop advocating for different bank accounts, budgets in place, and being really sure of what you're actually trying to achieve and what money is moving towards what goal for you. So just to wrap up for tip two, you need to know what you're trying to save towards it and you need to make sure it's automated. In terms of finding the money that we're going to be putting towards our house deposit as well, one of the biggest things you need to do is this tip and it is to work out what you're going to sacrifice and put some rules in place. And the reality is that most of us are going to need to sacrifice something. If you don't, lucky you. If you don't, you might not be listening to this podcast or maybe you are and you just need some management help, but most of us are gonna have to sacrifice something, okay? That is the harsh truth of house deposit saving time. If you make a normal income, now I'm gonna leave it up to you to decide what you think a normal income is, but I think you'll have an idea. So if you're making 300K a year, I I think you could maybe do this and still live the life you want. But if you're making a normal income like me and lots of others, You probably won't be able to live the absolute life of luxury and save for a house deposit as quickly as you'd like to you could maybe take a bit longer but you can't do it as fast and maybe you do want to you know get that goal going in your 20s or your 30s and it's something that you need to individually weigh up how fast you want to save versus the lifestyle you would actually like when i quickly saved for my deposit i decided that i was going to do a lot of saving or a lot of like sacrifice to actually speed it up. So I pulled down on the clothes I was buying myself, the makeup, the beauty stuff, the skincare. Okay. I missed out on a holiday to Europe, not with my friends, mind you, I will say that, but, um, and I don't advocate for missing out on things. I really think that experiences and stuff like you value is important. I am I like to advocate for actually those material things that you won't remember. Um, and I did actually make quite a few sacrifices because I knew that to save a $1,000 a fortnight on a new teacher's wage, I'd been working for a year or two, like once over the time I was saving, that was going to be the case. I was going to have to make some sacrifices. So like I said before, I did try not to miss out on doing anything my friends were doing like trips, birthdays, because I think that stuff's super valuable and I always want to show up for people. And I don't think, I don't believe in missing out on the things you actually enjoy doing in your life. I'm not saying you're going to be able to go to Europe three times that year, you're probably not, but... I really like to make sure that it's more things that are material that I sacrifice. Like I, you know, use the same phone for a while. I didn't upgrade things. Like I was re-wearing outfits, which to be honest with you, all these lessons that I learned when I was saving for my house deposit in terms of like borrowing books from the library, re-wearing clothes, not upgrading things. Like they are still, they continue to be staples in my life in terms of my money management habits. And It's honestly just served me so well because even as I sit in the house that I bought right now and record this episode, I still am managing my money better than I need to because I know that it's going to propel me forward and I know that some of these things I just don't need and they don't bring me happiness. So a little like tidbit there, like doing this can actually really help you to realize what you value and what you don't and what you need and what you don't. Um, so something else that I also did was I lived in a five person share house. So just to remind you, we're talking here about sacrifices and things we're going to sacrifice. Like that was actually one of the funnest year and a half of my life. Like I loved it. Honestly, I would go back and do it again. Like without a second thought, if I ever ended up living by myself again, for some reason, I would be straight in a share house. Even if I was 35, would not care. Um, it was so fun. So, you know, even though like some people may see that as a sacrifice, a sacrifice of your space, if you like well-being to be all with these other people. But try, try to think, could you stay at home with family? Could you move in with one friend? Could you, yeah, try a share house where you've got your own space and bathroom and like just think, how could you actually save a little bit more? Um in addition, like I saved with groceries. I only shopped at Audi, especially like for the last couple of months when it was getting to the pointy end and when I found my house and I was like, right, I need to really knuckle down before it settles. Um, yeah, so there's just lots of things and I know not everyone is going to want to live in a share house and I know not everyone is going to want to shop at Audi, but think about what you can do for you. Um, and also think about like, if you're looking to save in a year or two, it is, it is a short term pain for potentially like achieving something you're really looking forward to. And once you have your property, you can ease off a bit. You don't have to continue up that frugal, frugal, frugal life, ease up a bit. And if you're, Start saving and you're like, right, we're going to sacrifice all these things. And then you do it for two months and you're like, I'm so miserable. Then review it. Think about it. Okay. So it's just about thinking about some things that you can sacrifice to pull in some money. And maybe you could put together just a list of three to five things that you think might work. Maybe if you've got a partner, you sit and do it together. And yeah, I hope that there's, you know, a few things that you could easily do that can really pull down some cash for you. And talking about things we can sacrifice kind of leads us nicely into our next point because it's it's a bit similar to the last point, um, but a tip to help you not be living on rice and beans and a tip to help you th- to not never ha- leave the house again. Sorry, I think that muddled up a bit, but basically what I'm saying here is I wanna give you a tip now so you don't have to live like a terrible life for 12 months. And this is that you need to be saving on the necessities and the boring expenses that is this is something that again I continue to do in my life today and it is a game changer once you realize that these are the things you can be saving on it's it's great because you then realize you don't have to be missing out on those luxuries that coffee you love every morning going out for a brunch with your best friend every weekend So, it's the idea of doing your best to save on necessities and boring expenses that don't really bring you a lot of joy. And that if you pull back on them and get a better deal, you're saving money but still getting the same experience. For example, the biggest one you can save some money on, whether you're renting, you've got a mortgage, whatever, is your housing. And while you're saving for a house deposit, there's heaps of ways to do this. Like I talked about before go live in a share house. Um, You can see if you can negotiate your rent. You could, if you're living in a house already, perhaps you could move someone in with you. Um, there's lots of ways to save on your housing, both if you are saving for deposit and afterwards. The other things you can do and something that's really easy if you're living in a share house already is save on your bills and electricity electricity and gas and all of those kind of things. So for example, if you're already living in a share house, you could be splitting that by a couple of people. But if not, you can... Call your electricity company. Call your internet provider. Call your insurances. See what a better deal you can get is. Okay, like I said before, when you're packing your lunches and you're thinking about how you're going to take lunch to work, go shopping at audi Go get the same thing that's just not at the more expensive supermarket. So have a think about how can I actually save on my boring expenses. Okay, instead of going, oh, I'm going to have to miss out on dinners. I'm going to have to miss out on going on this like weekend trip for uh, hens or whatever. Not necessarily, actually have a look at, you know, what are my everyday boring expenses? What, what about my phone bill? You know, do I need that highest level of upgrade? Think about those things that you use every day, are a bit boring, can you get a better deal for that? All this takes is a little bit extra thought, but it could free up a whole heap of money whilst you continue to enjoy your life. So that would be another tip in terms of your sacrificing. Let's think boring expenses before we think fun expenses. Okay, we are already on our last point for this episode, our last tip, and this is a good one. And it is less about decreasing your expenses, which I know a lot of the other ones have been about. And it is instead about how we can find more money to allocate towards this goal other than what you've already consistently decided to save from your income that we discussed in point one. So for tip five, we want to increase our income or get side hustling and ensure that every dollar goes into the deposit account that we get that we weren't expecting. So let's dive into it. What we want to do is allocate any extra or unexpected funds into this goal as a first point of call. So for example, if you want to save fast, and this is what we're talking about in this episode, any amount that you don't expect to be getting or that isn't just part of your regular income needs to go into this. So for example, if you get a tax return, like sometimes people get a couple of thousand dollars tax return once they've claimed things, you need to make sure that it goes straight into this goal. So instead of going, oh, I just got two grand back, that's going to be for my holiday, I'm going to spend on a couple of things, don't fritter it away on things. Make sure that whole tax return goes straight into that goal because then you're going to be a couple of thousand dollars ahead potentially which will really you know move the needle forward very very quickly the other way that we're going to get money that we're not expecting is if you get a pay rise during this time so if you're saving for a year two years this could very well be the case um you're going to send that extra 50 or 100 dollars straight from your pay to this goal so if you were starting off like i was with a thousand dollars every fortnight And then all of a sudden you get a pay rise of an extra hundred dollars a fortnight which would be amazing you are now saving one thousand one hundred dollars okay non-negotiable don't go like oh now i can have an extra you know something every fortnight or that's gonna pay you know for my nail no no no. we're gonna send that straight over because you were living without it before okay so remember that if you were living without that hundred fifty dollars extra you can now send that straight over. Don't go like, oh, I'm going to have another goal on the side. No, do it, okay? Especially if it's an unexpected pay rise or if it's a promotion you didn't know about and then you went for it and you got it, um, make sure you get that extra money straight off, okay? Okay. Some other things that I can think of you might get unexpected money from uh, if you change jobs. So my partner's changing jobs at the moment and because he didn't really take any of his leave, he's now getting a big payout, which is awesome. So I'd be making sure that you're taking that money. And again, that could be, if you're getting paid out leave, that could be thousands of dollars. So again, straight into that account, make sure you put it away. Don't be like, oh, well it's, you know, it was leave money. So now I'm gonna go on a Europe trip. No, make sure it goes into your goal if you wanna save fast. Perhaps you might get some gifts as well. So if you've got a birthday or a Christmas and, you know, you've told people, hey, I'm going to save for a house, you know, that would be really good. And then they decide to give you money or um, even, you know, gift cards, something, put that away. Make sure that that's going to go towards um, either your monetary savings for your deposit, pop that straight in there, don't leave that. And or if it's gift cards or things, you know, maybe put that aside so you can get some Bunnings vouchers or some furniture vouchers when you do get your house. So really think strategically about that. And and when it comes to gifts, it's such a sensitive thing for people and I get it completely because I hold views on it and so do other people. But I think if you say to people like, hey, it's my 30th birthday coming up, I know you wanna get me something nice, a nice piece of jewelry to remember, or you wanna take me on a trip, but you know what I really want? I would just absolutely love that contribution towards us getting this bigger goal. And most people would be okay with that. So have a think, is that something you can do? And then secondly, okay, you could think, so that's that's unexpected money, that first point of this point. <laughs> unexpected money all going in there. Second thing you can actually think about doing to get more money is thinking about side hustling for a period of time. So we've we sort of talked, I know not everyone has a nine to five, I don't have a nine to five either, but I'm talking because I think that's what most people do do. Um, but your main source of income, we've already talked about, can you get a promotion? Are you going to get more money? Are you going to get an income increase? Whatever. This is now what you could do additional to this. So something we would call a side hustle, right? Now, I'm not a huge advocate for always side hustling because I've side hustled and I think it leads to burnout. Um, And I think it leads to eating into your free time when we shouldn't be waiting to live our lives. Now, we can make sacrifices for the short term to save deposits. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't work nine to five, come home, do three hours of tutoring and then on your Saturday, you know, pick up an extra shift somewhere and then only have Sunday. Like you will get burnt out. I don't think that is good for your longevity. And I think that our biggest earning potential is keeping ourselves healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally healthy. So I'm not advocating for this. Don't get this mixed up. I'm saying this can be a short term thing. Okay, and it can be in the moderation to make sure you've still got the time to rest and recharge. So if you think, okay, well, this year we're going to hit saving hard. So what I will do is I will pick up a few extra hours doing something else, perhaps it's um, I always use tutoring because that's something I can do as a teacher, but you can do that regardless. If you've been to university, you can be a tutor. So um, maybe you're going to do five hours of extra tutoring and you, that might be an extra $200, $300 a week. Maybe you say, I'm going to do surveys. And I've, I have actually made a bit of money doing surveys. So they're not a scam. And I've seen some people make bank through surveys. So maybe you say, okay, well, actually what I'm going to do is every night I'm going to watch an hour of Netflix. And whilst I watch that in the background, I'm going to do my surveys. And that could be an extra $100, $200 a week. Or you might say... I don't know you might think okay actually i'm going to pick up a you know a shift doing something that i used to do when i was younger maybe it's swim teach or lifeguard at a pool on a saturday morning that that could be a couple hundred dollars in, you know just a saturday morning shift just make sure that it's something that you can sustain it's not going to burn you out super quick don't try and do five hours every night and then both days on the weekend Maybe you're um, a nurse or something like that, and you can pick up extra shifts. And you think, okay, well, normally I do four; that's full time. I'm actually going to do an extra one and do five this year. That would be sort of a side hustle too. So have a think about that. It's well worth it, but just make sure that doesn't become your life because I don't. I don't think side hustling forever is is the way to go. I think it's um, it can definitely be something that's going to propel you short term though. And the one thing I would say for this is if you are going to do it, and it's going to be a couple of hundred dollars, you know, extra a week. You have to make sure that that extra money, even if it's an extra one hundred, an extra two hundred a week, it has to go in the deposit account. Do not say, "Oh well, I'll just leave it in here to cover my groceries," and then I got a bit. No, it has to go as soon as that two hundred dollars from the, um, the work that you've done or the surveys goes into your account. You get up your banking app and you send it over immediately, and you label it tutoring money in there. Okay. And you see that it's a psychological thing. You have to see that cash from your extra work. That's not your normal job that potentially is going to make you a little bit more tired. You have to see that resulting in moving the needle forward on your goal. If you don't, it will be super demotivating. You'll be like, why am I even bothering doing this? I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I get home from my nine to five. And then I have to still do two hours of this. You'll give up. Very quick recap on my tips for saving a house deposit fast. You need to make this your main goal if you want to do it in a short amount of time. You need to know exactly what you're trying to save and make sure it is automated, super important. You need to decide what you're going to sacrifice and put rules in place. Think of those things that you're going to be sacrificing on. You need to make sure you hustle down your necessities and your boring expenses. And lastly, think about a way you can increase your income or get side hustling. Make sure not to burn yourself out doing this. That is it for today's episode. Come back next week when we're going to be talking more things money, investing and building wealth. I'm so excited. Have a fantastic week and I'll speak to you then. Just a quick note before you go. You may not know this, but behind Her Money's Worth and this mic is just me. I'm drafting, editing and recording all of the episodes by myself and running our social channels. So if you like this episode and would like to support this podcast to grow, I would hugely appreciate if you give this podcast a review and make sure you click follow on whatever platform you listen to it. In addition, please share this podcast with a friend who you think might want to join you in sorting out your money, starting investing and building long-term wealth. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions relating to any financial products. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the education you need to continue doing your own research.